Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon. My name is Jeanette Abney, and I want to thank you for me here for another episode here at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. I want to first thank my Heavenly Father for blessing me, waking me up, and giving me the activities of my limbs. I also want to thank my loyal listeners for joining me here. As each week, I try to come up with topics that individuals have either brought to my attention or something that I may have heard during a therapy session that needs to be shared and the information can benefit many individuals. Now, many of you that know me personally know that I am a licensed marriage and family therapist as well as the owner of two outpatient counseling centers, the Center for the Treatment of Addiction located in Orange County, with offices in Fullerton, Garden Grove, Huntington Beach, as well as the owner of J.A. Precious, located in Oceanside. Now, I do a variety of different things. I work with couples. I work with individuals. I work with individuals that have marital or relational issues, parent-child relational issues. Those are more of my specialty because I like to talk about relationships, how individuals can learn to communicate with one another, learn how to love one another, and also how to address some of individuals' unresolved childhood issues, which is where many individuals are stuck and really have no idea where some of that may be coming from. I, myself, I am one of them. So part of this is I get to do therapy with me as well as help other individuals. Now, today's topics I always say are interesting topics. But this is one, Joan is here, people are getting married, individuals are doing all sorts of things, and today's topic has to do with withholding affection. I want to know what is your definition, and how do you define affection? How do you talk about affection? It's interesting, and I say for myself, can't give what you don't have, can't teach what you don't know. A lot of things came in my first when I became an adult. I kind of realized things were healthy, but it helped me to become a better person. And I'm not saying that all of you may want to become a better person because some individuals are going through some things, been in some situations or some relationships, and they kind of be wondering, how in the world did I get myself involved in this? Now, I'm going to log on my caller because I'm glad she's able to join because I was taking forever and I was going to send her a text. Good afternoon, Michelle. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I did see your text, but, um, you know, I'm on Facebook Live right now and I had to make me some breakfast and my coffee and I still, I'll show my people, I haven't even ate my refrigerator, you know. But it kind of late. Had to make my breakfast, my coffee. I had two therapy sessions this morning. So I'm running around like a chicken with my head cut off as usual. But I am just glad to hear your voice. So I'm glad to hear your voice. Oh, and today's you. topic has to do with withholding affection. Now, we know that emotions can be very complex. And when it comes to expressing one's emotions, such can be difficult, especially within a relationship. And I know you know that, Michelle, because I've gotten on you about 
your emotions, what you say, what come out of your mouth, how you express yourself. And sometimes that can be misinterpreted. Now, what happens mm-hmm. is it has been said that males and females express their affections differently. And some may even not even realize that they may be expressing their feelings and emotions in unhealthy ways, especially when it comes to dealing with a conflict. Because some of this stuff we were taught as children. Hey, brother, I see you watching. I got to call you, brother. So some learn as children when it comes to affection. I said earlier when I was doing the Facebook Live, I remember going to the movie theaters and at the movies when when our parents would see people kissing and, and having sex, my mother would cover our eyes or make us cover our eyes and we try to peek and see. We didn't know that they were being affectionate. I thought they were doing something nasty, you know, so I didn't know. So when we start talking about affection, how did you learn about affection? Michelle? Yes. I'm sorry. I didn't, I did, what was that question? How did you I learn about affection? Up. Growing up, how did you learn about affection? What was your um, interpretation of affection? Well, there wasn't a lot of affection. Uh, there was some uh, because my dad was sick since I was a little baby and my mom was always gone. So most of the time I learned about affection when things were sad. Wow. So you learned that emotion. So the sadness was the, the comforting, the holding, the touching. You know, because affection means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Now, one childhood experience can affect one adult relationship as they become older when it comes to expressing affection. Because I've been told I was not a very affectionate person, and and I wasn't. And I learned how to do things differently, like with my grandkids. I'll hug them. I'll kiss them on the cheek. I'll, you know, say little things to them. But I didn't get a lot of that myself growing up. My mother's love was, I got a roof over your head, food for you to eat, clothes on your back. That's all the affection you're going to get right about now. So I didn't know what that meant. Now, you bring it to a whole nother issue, especially when you have a parent that is ill, and you may see individuals being under a, a great deal of stress. Now, they may express their love and affection differently because part of it could be fear. So what was the message that it taught you or what was the message that you perceived it prior to becoming an adult? Well, probably when I, if I can remember back, you got to also remember I had that accident I when I was 14 I and then I forgot my whole life, my whole memories. They were all taught back to me. So um, it was fear, I think, because of losing people of – always fear of losing people and then just worrying about, you know, like I know when my husband got sick, you know, I tried to push it, I think push it under and not try to try to do the opposite of what I learned when I saw when I was a kid and also after I had my accident because, but I was also caring all the time and doing things, making sure you're okay. And, you know, that was my love language instead of, always hugging and holding and I realize that now that because I 
when my husband was sick and he hurt so much, I didn't want to hold him. And neither was my, my dad because they were in pain all the time. Does that make sense? So I would just sit there with them, you know, and then cry and then, you know, I just um, tell myself it's going to be okay. Correct. So I don't know if that's, you know, and then my siblings and I just kind of like didn't, weren't really affectionate to each other, especially after my accident because everybody doted over me and, you know, it was four years before I could do anything again. And so then my affection I didn't really know. I think I don't think I had much affection again until I was about 20 or 19 when I met my husband. But mm-hmm. I was very careful about my affection, you know, not to let anybody get too close. Okay, got you. Now, and you know what? And that's one of the things that individuals, girl, I'm trying to plug stuff up. I didn't realize my battery was going dead on my iPad, I mean, on my <laughs> computer. <laughs> I had to leave you for a minute. And run through my house and look for that doggone cord, but I found it. So, and you know, and um, basically what you're saying is a lot of it is fear. And individuals are, we do become afraid. I don't know why I wasn't affectionate growing up. I guess because I didn't really see it. And I always thought affection was sex. So I was kind of confused with that. So because I thought that it was sex, and I later learned that is holding hands, and you find it a lot when you get in elementary school or middle school, is when you start seeing individuals expressing their feelings and emotions in different ways. Now, my phone, Michelle, is ringing off the hook, and I really should take this call because it drives me nuts with military one source calls me because what they'll do is call me. Why don't you turn the other ones off, whatever line or whatever you're on the broad radio just turning other ones off. Well, you know what, Michelle? I think is they're all silent. They're all silent. But what happens is with military one source, what they'll do is they'll call me if I don't answer. They'll leave me the referral, and the people be expected for me to call them because a crisis to them is not a crisis for me. And my practice right. is full. Right now I'm not seeing any new clients because I don't have time. So I try to help in other ways, which is, like I said, why I do the radio shows and, you know, some of the groups to try to reach out to as many people as I possibly can. But it seemed like at 12 o'clock is when they want to call my, my phone number. So, yeah. Well, you know what, what I know what I found that some doctors do and some therapists do that on their phone messages, they put on there, if this is an emergency call, da-da-da-da, but they that. also put on, there, put on there that I'm not taking new clients at this time, so... I can refer you to and then refer them to whatever place you want to refer them to. I'm going to have to do that. That, you know, that way you're not making a back and forth phone calls or getting phone oh calls. That, and so. True. And you know, and, and even with affection, it comes in your voice and how you even talk to people. Now, when we right. talk about, and I mentioned that your childhood experience can affect your adult relationships, some individuals love differently. Now, that's huge. Now, love should never hurt. But when we say they love differently, it's like, what do that mean? Now, withholding affection can also be considered emotional withholding because there are some individuals that will go out of their way to thrive, to get the attention and the affection of another person, and that person may not just even have it. And it doesn't mean that that person is a bad person. Now, when we talk about emotional withholding, that occurs in a relationship, 
it's a situation when an individual uses their love and affection, praise, or even their presence against another. That's where some individuals get upset when a person walks out on them or if a person purposely don't say, I love you. One of the best things that I think they could have did was when they came up with the different love languages to find out what a person's love language was, whether it's an act of service, whether it's quality time, whether it's physical touch, whether it's words of affirmation. But the sad part about it becomes when a person knows your love language and because they're upset or you're having a conflict, they do things on. And, Michelle, did you know that when they do that, sometimes it could be their way of staying in charge, avoiding things, trying to humiliate someone, or trying to hurt another person deliberately? Are you aware of that? I've been I've been figuring that out, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the things is we have to learn how to evaluate our attitude about love and affection. Evaluate it. Now, I know we need to talk off the air because I do need to get some information from you and find out where you're at. It's crazy, Michelle, because I just was cleaning up my um, table the other day, and I ran across mm-hmm. a few people with paint on it. <laughs> you I ran across what? a piece of paper with your name uh-huh. on it. And it was interesting because I thought about you. You were thinking about me, and I was just, and then you, when I saw the text, I was like, what did she know? I was sitting up here reading this doggone thing that I got in trouble back in October of 2019, 2018. <laughs> about the letter that they sent me certified mail. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, and the thing is, you, if you think about that, Michelle, part of that has to do with affection, too. Affection. You what? What is part of that has to do with affection? Because some people right. view viewed it as how dare her? She's not affectionate. She's not compassionate. And you are a very affectionate person. Sometimes overly affectionate. Yeah, I know, and, and I'm learning to stop that. Wow. I don't know if that's a bad thing, but I'm learning to tell myself I need to be less compassionate, less affection, because sometimes I do too much. Uh-huh. Does that make sense? Yeah, you know it makes sense, because I know you. <laughs> you yeah, know and it makes so, I, you know, and, I, and, I, and, and, and I've noticed that people take advantage of me because they know that's how I am. Yes, they will, Michelle. Yes, they will. But the sad part about it is you've got to know who and what you're dealing with. And this is the thing, even though a person may try to take advantage of you, you're far from, you know what you be doing. You really do. And the problem with that is they may not know because the thing is you don't like to see individuals hurting. And you do your best to try to make people comfortable. But yet, Mm -hmm. as you're making them comfortable, they may think that they got the upper hand. And that Mm -hmm. may not always be the case. Because I'll do the same thing. I'm a giver. I'm a giver by nature. But don't think right. you got over on me. Because that little bit I gave you, if you would have done right, you probably could have got more. So you cheated yourself. And some individuals right. don't even realize that. Now, when we start talking about these relationships, and I'm going to go into some different things in regards to 
um, different types of relationship. When we're talking about with our childhood, we learn to be anxious, attachment, ambivalent, secure attachment. Those are some of the reasons why a lot of individuals have difficulties with affection. And also, lack of communication. Individuals struggle with communicating. So they'll get to the, well, I'll show you. You know, wives used to back in the day, and I don't want to say this is a withdrawn affection, but you know back in the day when a wife would get mad, what she won't do, I ain't cooking dinner. I'm not having right. sex. I'm not right. going to do this. Girl, I remember one time my mother got mad at me because I had put some tied soap powder in my hair because she wouldn't wash my hair. And I um, called myself to go wash it anyway. My mother came back home. That soap powder girl was all balled up in my head. My mother was like, I'm not washing her hair. My father said, oh, yes, you are going to wash her hair. You ain't sending her to school like that. But see, but that was a learned behavior. Girl, you know I was always doing something. But that was a learned right. behavior because her way of showing me or telling me she was disappointed in me was by her not wanting to wash my hair. But no, you don't do that to individuals. So that's where some of that withhold, with people withhold things. Now, I have some information that I want to share because part of the withholding of affection can have something to do with distancing oneself. Some individuals will ghost themselves from the relationship. Some people struggle with abandonment issues. They can give you the silent treatment. Now, one of the things, some of the information that I found is that what happens in some of these cases, Michelle, is an individual may not know how to deal with a conflict in a healthy way. So what happens is if they don't know how to deal with it in a healthy way, that's the only way they know how to deal with the affectionate part. I'm upset. I'm mad. Don't know what to do. Another situation, one may refuse to take responsibilities for their shortcomings. So because they refuse to accept responsibility, they blame their partner or blame other people for everything that happens. Another one, it's a learned behavior, and they learned it from their parents or another. I learned it from my mother. You know, I watched how she treated people or treated her husband or people she was in relationships with. And then I was like, you know what, that ain't even cool. Why would you do that? Why would you say that? So I started trying to say or do the opposite. Another thing, and mm-hmm. this is where I was guilty of, Michelle, it worked in my past. So people let me get away with stuff, and I kept doing it because I was able to get away with it. So right. we're creatures of habit. If we've learned that if I refuse or if I withdraw or if I just don't want and I get away with it, I'm going to keep doing it. Another one is they feel a need to control everything. So they withhold something that they feel you want because they want to control it. They may want mm-hmm. to punish you. And it could be a possible personality disorder, Michelle. Some individuals have personality disorders. Oh, yeah, I know. I've, I've heard that before. <laughs> yeah, how about bipolar and personality disorders? You know how many people have personality disorders and bipolar? Oh, yeah. Now, withholding affection for punishment, it can ruin a relationship. It really can. And some individuals yes, make it just being selfish. It's like, why would you, why would you do that? 
Or if a person gets upset with you, have you ever in your years of being married and let's say you and your husband had a disagreement and you walk over to give him a kiss or a hug and he push you away, like, get away from me. Don't touch me. Have you ever experienced uh, that? No. He, what, I, what, he, what he's done before is he's never pushed me away. He would just be silent. He's, just, mm-hmm. he's a silent type, you know. And then, you know, if I did do that, um, he would sometimes just be silent or he'd just say, you know, go for a walk. That was his thing. He'd go for a walk or he'd be mm-hmm. silent. Um, mm-hmm. And then if it was the opposite, if he came in case, gave me a kiss and I was that way, I wasn't, I was, I didn't usually push him away. I usually just, and I didn't go for a walk. At one point, and like after 30 years of marriage, I told him, you know what, I'm going to do what you do to me. <laughs> and then, so I turned around and did it, and he didn't like it. So I was like, well, if you can do it to me, I can do it to you. So how do you like it? So I wanted him to understand how it felt, you know. So that's what I did. So I, but then I normally didn't do that normally, but, you know. Yeah, I just, but you've got to learn to use your words because – some individuals will go tit for tat. They, they really will. You know, and I was thinking as you were speaking, it was holding affection. What I would do, I would play sleep. But I was beginning to be a girl. I'd be like, I'm sleeping. I ain't even sleep. I'm just playing like I'm sleeping. I want to be touched. I don't want to like, touch you. No. <laughs> no, no. Well, I, I will tell you. Or I would take no bath and no make them go to sleep first. <laughs> yeah. I'll give you an example, though, of, like if somebody getting mad of an, um, you know, like if you really get upset, you know, mm-hmm. or get if you get hurt and upset at the same time, I guess you could say you get your you're disappointed or whatever you you, know, you have a big issue mm-hmm. with marriage or something. Um, we were not married yet, but we were living together. Okay, and mm-hmm. he did something, and you know, I've always said you need to be open and honest, right? No matter mm-hmm. what it is. And if if you lie to me and I find out from somebody else, it's going to be worse. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, your children. Well, in some in some people's mind, withholding information isn't lying. I know. <laughs> so, I know. No, like, it's, okay. it's an admission no, of fact. That's not the real but, good fact. <laughs> okay, so listen, that happened. So I just said, you know what? I'm leaving. And when I get back, I want you gone. And mm-hmm. I guess he decided I wasn't really meeting it. So he was there, and I called to see if he was there. And since he was there, I didn't come home. Mm-hmm. And I just moved. Wow. I went, I went and rented an apartment myself. Okay. That's and he's like, what? He goes, when are you moving into the apartment? I said, today. <laughs> he said, oh, don't even know, no notice. I said, well, I've been trying to tell you, go away and leave me alone. And you didn't leave me alone, so now I'm going to leave you alone. You said now so I'm gonna leave him alone. Wow. You know, yeah, I'm but I don't know. I don't really think that was right to do, probably. But that mm-hmm. at the time I felt that was right because I was very hurt. Yes. Yes. And you know, and uh, Michelle, a lot of this with uh, withholding and withdrawing affection comes from being hurt. It comes from being in that place. Now, affection is a feeling or a liking, a caring for someone a feeling or emotion. You know, we all want to believe that the person that we're with care about us. 
we want to believe that our parents care about us. You know, I didn't, I was watching something the other day. I was watching something on Facebook because I like talking about my Facebook stuff. And they were talking about this, um, it was a clip with this guy, a woman was going after this, this man for child support and he was upset because he was showing, he was very affectionate towards his daughter. He loved her. He didn't have no money, but he right. loved her. And the sad right. part about it was the wife saw that how affectionate her husband was versus the man that she was with. And then when she saw how he treated her daughter, she realized that she was with, also withholding affection from her daughter. Now, let me log on this call. I have a caller calling in. Okay. Hi, this is Jeanette. Welcome to Press Predicaments Rock Up Radio. How are you doing? I'm doing okay, ma'am. You sound like you're in good spirits, so that's good. And I already told on myself. So, <laughs> so when we talk about today's topic has to do with withholding affection. And I found some information, and even though we talked about affection as a feeling, a liking, a caring for someone, a feeling or emotion, but males and females show affection differently. You know, we got the physical holding hands, kissing, touching, telling the person how you feel, but cuddling is also a sign of affection. And some individuals get accused of being over affectionate. Now, the caller that just called in, you know I used to think you was overly affectionate. Now, what is your take when it comes to affection or withholding affection? I agree with you. I'm probably following the category of being overly affectionate. I like mm-hmm. the physical aspect of showing affection as well as verbally telling a person that or whatnot. So I will probably agree with your assessment of me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, do you think that that's a male versus a female thing? Because females show their affection a little differently than men do. Would you agree with that? Um, I don't- I don't really think that I, I think it's a different view perspective because as a male you are allowed to do to show your affection to a certain degree and it's tolerated more than if a female physically show her affection to that degree is not gonna be such a positive outlook from her point of view. It's more appropriate, socially appropriate. And you know what, Dee, yeah. that's one of the things that I was talking about earlier. I remember being a kid going to the movies and or watch the TV and your mother make you cover up your eyes or don't look at that because they kiss it. And we'd be like, ugh, that's nasty, you know, or whatever the case may be. But all they were doing was being affectionate towards one another and didn't realize that it was giving people a mixed message. But when individuals withhold that kind of stuff. So I don't know, you know, did you tell me last time, don't be putting all our dirty laundry out there on Facebook, so... I'm going to be mindful of what my cousin said to me. But when you're affectionate, is it frustrating when the other person may not be as affectionate? See? And then I'm going to ask you that question, Michelle. Well, I will, I will put it to you like this. After a period of time, I could say, depending on the individual, it may erode upon their uh Confidence in the relationship. Mm-hmm. I can see that happening. Okay. That is more or less what I could see than anything. 
but it, it also has a great advantage on the person that's dealing with it. If they're confident or if they're looking at the person and have an understanding of that person, it will still put a load on it, but it could be more understanding. But if they don't have a great understanding of that person and understanding that that's not their character, I would mm-hmm. say that time it will put a hold on on the relationship. So what you're telling me is my excuse that I used to give that it ain't you with me that don't work no more. <laughs> Everybody ain't buying that. Yeah. Take a personal they yes, ain't got that you too is me because that was one of the things that most people would say, not just as an excuse but as an explanation for why they're doing what they're doing. No. Correct, and I believe the most important key to all of that is communication. Correct. So much that when these things are the topic, it's a hush syndrome instead of talking about it, just like with the kissing and covering your eyes. If we educate our kids more, they will know that that's not really a, a bad thing or whatnot, but we're so scared that we're going to mm-hmm. teach them something time that we, we want to avoid. I believe it's like I said, we want to avoid being parents and take the easy yeah. way out. Mm-hmm. Or teen pregnancies. We don't know if they're going to understand what they're really doing. Not realizing we shouldn't have took them to the movie to go see that movie in the first place. <laughs> so, you know, but the thing is, and it goes back. Now, Michelle, my question to you is, do you think it would be complicated to be within a relationship to where one is, more affectionate than the other, or can you teach that person how to compliment you when it comes to getting your needs met? Well, actually, I think that you can compliment. I believe you can compliment the person because I was going to give you an example of thinking back when I was, after I healed after my accident, was out with my friends. I was always overly affectionate to everybody, men Mm -hmm. and women that are friends. And a lot of times people took that the wrong way. Like I Mm -hmm. I thought I was flirting with somebody, right? So Mm -hmm. like my husband, when I met him, he wasn't, he was an old-fashioned type gentleman. And then Mm -hmm. I was always more affectionate than him, but we complimented each other. We were together for 35 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and we complement each other with the affection. So I think it can be, I mean, you know, I mean, if you communicate and you talk, but, I mean, if you just shut it down, no, I don't think so. But a lot of times, you know, people used to say to my husband, because he would come to me and say, you know, so-and-so said, I thought you were flirting with so-and-so. I said, that's because I was giving him a hug. Oh, God, you know, because I'm affectionate. So just because uh-huh. somebody's giving a girl's giving a guy a hug doesn't mean we're sleeping together. Okay? Uh-huh. So, that, but anyway, so I think you can compliment each other. It just depends on the person, I mean, and the uh-huh. people. If if they're willing to accept, like my husband accepts me who I was, you know, mm-hmm. passed away, you know, and that's where, like, now I've realized that, you know, I miss that affection, and I miss mm-hmm. having a relationship, but I think now I'm scared because it, my husband was like a one-of-a-kind person, and I'm thinking, mm-hmm. how do I do this? I don't know how to do this again. I started this when I was nine, 20 years old, and that yeah. was 30, 35 years ago, and I'm like, okay. 
you know, so, but um, I think you can compliment each other. I don't know. I mean, what's your opinion on that? You know what, when you said that, it is, it's interesting because the caller on, on the line is uh, one of my husbands said, and it reminded me, and if we go back 37 years ago, I used to get in trouble because he was more physically affected. I would be more out in public talking, and he would think that I was flirting. And he would think I was flirting, but I didn't think I was flirting, Mr. D. Well, that's what people used to think I was doing, flirting all the time. I remember, I remember we went to a Marine Corps ball. Ooh, he was mad by the time we got home, and I didn't even know what I did. He was like, the way you was drinking your water. I do not even want to remember that. (laughs) Well, now, see, I would go out, and if I was with my husband, he he just knew how I was. But when I was out with my friends, I literally had people call my husband up and say, do you know what your wife's doing? Oh, my God. So I used to tell him, you know what? Who who told you that? He says, I don't think I should tell you. I said, I'm not going to say nothing. So I said, all I'm going to do is the next time I see him, I'm really going to show it off. You know what? Me and Dee never really fought before. I would get in trouble. He'd be mad at me. And I'd be like, what did I do? <laughs> what did I do? You just look at me and get mad. Now, well, we're holding it like this. You're, you're going to come home. if you're To me, if you trust and you have that openness and communication and affection with each other, you know, I mean, a lot of people are very insecure about other things, I guess. So, you know, but they can't help it, I guess. I mean, I used to think, how could that be? Why do why, why you have to be so insecure? I'm coming home to you. So. <laughs> oh, we were young. We were young back then. We had a lot of fun, but who we? <laughs> okay, D. I'm, I, yeah. I, I hear you. D. I'm leaving it alone, D. I'm leaving it alone. <laughs> Please, thank you. Those wounds are still tender. They said their day. They said their. Uh-uh, Michelle. Wait a minute. What? married to this man. He would go out to the club so much. It was more than seven days a week. It would be eight days a week. He'll give me a wine oh. cooler and a video. I'll go to sleep. I'll be mad. I'll be like, he went to the club again. No, wait a minute, Michelle. One time. Michelle, back then, I wasn't even wearing wigs, right? I put on a wig. Right. I put on a dress. Me and my friend, we went to the club to go find him at the club. Why would I'm going to walk in the door and he opens the door to let me in? I, I'm trying to act like I don't know him. <laughs> we did some crazy stuff. But it was fun. But we did some crazy stuff. But the thing is, we both were social. You know, I was very social. He was very social. But we were young. We were younger back then. Right. So when we talked about withholding affection, and I wanted to give you guys some information about it, and I shared some things about seven reasons why individuals may withhold um, affection. And because, like I said, sometimes your partner may withhold it because of a conflict or a disagreement, and they, they fall back on it because they don't know what else to do. And that could be a problem, like you talked about with Tony giving people the cold shoulder. I brought up they refuse to take responsibility for their actions or shortcomings because it takes courage to admit to yourself that you did something wrong or that you have flaws. And it takes time sometimes, and your partner may not 
simply have the humility necessary to own their own shortcomings. And the behavior is a learned behavior. And a lot of times we're talking about relearning that behavior. That takes work. It worked for them in the past. Feel like, hey, I can get away with it. So those are just some of the things. Anything you want to add as we talk about withholding affection? Because sometimes in what's happening now is I've seen individuals, parents withhold affection from their children, where children will try to connect with their parents or parents will say, I'm busy right now, give me five minutes, or not right now. And they don't even realize that that's setting a stage for that child when that child is interacting with other people. Well, I'm going to tell you, like, in my daughter, you know, you've seen Brianna, but you haven't been around her as much lately. But <laughs> she's been through, you know, some changes, and she recently said goodbye to who she called her best friend. And <laughs> I set up a goodbye. But she's, she clings a lot to me. Mm-hmm. And she'll say, Mommy, I, but she tells me, Mommy, I need a hug. She doesn't just do the, eh. but if she's whining, I'll look at her and say, do you need some attention? Mm-hmm. And she'll say, yes. And I'll say, okay, if you need the attention, use your words. I teach her that way. Mommy, I need your attention. Okay. I don't want to hear. Because okay. when I hear it again, I'm going to come in, turn the TV off, I'm going to take the iPad away, and you can go, yeah, yeah, all you want, okay? So but when she says, like this morning, she was doing, can I have a hug? I need a hug. I need to lay on you. I need a hug. I, I know what she's doing, you know, and she's, and I'm like, but I'm not going to push her away, even though, you know, she's done it several times. Well, after about the sixth time, I finally said, Brianna, listen, I have to finish getting dressed now. I'll be glad to give you some more hugs, but you also have to respect other people's spaces. There so that she doesn't go to school and she wants to hug her teacher. She wants to hug her friends. Like, I don't know how today went because today's the first day of summer school and there's actually kids. She finished school, went back to school, but there were no kids in the classroom. Now there's eight kids in her classroom. I'm hoping okay. that she's not planning going in and, you know, wanting mm-hmm. to smother them with hugs because Correct. you have to stay in your space. But Correct. she doesn't, you know, so during the pandemic, she learned when she would go to the program, we do airplane hugs, okay? So then she yeah. wasn't as affectionate to me. But mm-hmm. when she stopped going to the playgroup program, she would be more, I said, it's okay, you can hug me, it's okay. You know, so, and I mean, you know, I don't have her go out and hug the world, but, you know, but you're right. And, and now my son, he's the opposite. He doesn't act like he wants affection at all. So he waits when you try to give him affection, he doesn't want it unless he's initiating it. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. So I just, I'm thinking I'd like to give him a hug, but I'm getting tired of being rejected because sometimes you get afraid of being rejected or I don't want to set him off in a bad mood. So I'm like, but okay. You know- so I'll say, can I have a hug? And then he'll say yes. Or he'll, finally he'll come up and he'll just give me one. But it could be because of his mm-hmm. upbringing from when he was zero to two before I got him. You know, he was badly ab- abused. Mm-hmm. And because my oldest one is the same way. She's not, she doesn't show affection either. Mm-hmm. That plays a role in it, Michelle. Do you know if you're walking? Because I hear a lot of wind. So I don't know if it's the wind, a 
where it's coming from, but I can hear no, the wind. Helping me breathing oh. because I'm riding my Peloton bike. <laughs> oh, okay. Good exercise. Good exercise. I'll slow down no. while I'm talking to you. Okay. Now, one of the things, and I hear you talking about with your child, and you talked about use your words. It's very important for people to use their words because what happens is adults will throw a temper tantrum and we go into a childlike state. You know, I noticed like with my grandson, Ryder is very affectionate. He want to cuddle. And I'm like, why are you hot? Why are you saying? Why are you? And I'm not touchy-touchy. I mean, I don't like people touching me all the time. But he always want to lay by you and put his head on you and his feet on you. And you. I just be like, ooh, this kid right here. But he's my most affectionate grandchild. And I don't want to discourage him from that, but you've got to have some type of balance. You've got to have balance. See, what is your take on that, especially when we start talking about even with children or using your words? You go to a woman and you say, can I have a hug? And they look at you. But sometimes I have to even be careful with clients. i got to know with clients when they need a hug or want a hug or whatever the case may be. What's your take on that, Dee? I'm not that uh, physically affectionate now, so that that would kind of not throw me off guard, but be unnatural for me, especially now since the pandemic. I wasn't a, if it was somebody I was close to before the pandemic, somewhat. But as far as hugging and getting close to people, showing affection like that is mostly a uh, quick love you, touch up, and that's it. We know now because of the pandemic, we need our six feet. Give me six feet. Give me six feet. Social distancing. And it's crazy because now they're talking about opening up a lot of different things as of June 15th. And I don't know how they're going to do that because COVID has not went away. And they're finding numbers of cases are higher in children and youth. And we got the vaccinated versus the unvaccinated. So I'm still going to keep my little butt at home. And I'm not trying. I'm not. I ain't playing with people like that. No. So, now when we start talking about this, so I hear what you're saying, Dee. It's not that people don't care. I've always had this thing with shaking hands. I don't shake hands with everybody because everybody don't wash their hands. So, if you ain't going to hand I'll tell them, you know, I'd rather pat you on the back and give you a hug than for you to shake my hand and I know you ain't washed your hands if you wash your butt. So, <laughs> I've always been hesitant about the shaking the hand thing. Now, we start talking about um, different things. I want to share some information, and this is coming from Regain.us, and it's six possible causes of your emotional withdrawal. Now, some individuals may have, some people can be an empath, some individuals can be overly affectionate, some individuals may have been some type of abuse, and the abuse can either cause them to either withdraw or to be overly affectionate too. Now, they talk about the causes of the emotional withdrawals they say are bad, and contrary to what the classification may suggest, pulling back from a partner isn't always that you, something you choose to do. Emotional withdrawal isn't always with romantic relationships. That's why we're talking about even with children. So it's important to know. And if you're unsure, you might want to get into some of these reasons of why you're doing what you're doing. But one of the things that they talk about in regards to possible causes is fear. Withdrawal out of fear can lead to a depressing cycle if you continuously fulfilling your own needs. You are afraid to voice your desires and needs to your partner because of fear of rejection. Now, I've learned later in my adult life that was my biggest issue was 
I didn't want to be rejected, so I didn't ask. I didn't know how to go to a person and say, hey, I need a hug, or hey, can you come spend some time with me? I wouldn't say anything. I would just go with the flow. And I found that that got me in trouble. So as a result, your partner now feels rejected by the distance you've created in a relationship, and the desire for connection is often mutual. Sometimes that person may want to be with you too, but they can be just as afraid of you as you are of them. Now, Dee, have you ever experienced that in your adult life of wanting to connect with someone but you was afraid, the fear? Many a times. I knew this lady named Jeanette Abney. It was just like she didn't know from Adam. Scared those yes. things out of me. Really? <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know what? But Mr. you know D? what, Jeanette? That's true. Uh-huh. And he's, he's right, and you're right, because you know what? I think that I used to do that, and I think I didn't really notice it that much. That I'd be, because I've always before, well, when I was younger, but after my mm-hmm. husband died, I've not wanted to be affectionate. I'm scared to be affectionate. I've got a fear. And like what you just said about meeting my own needs, I'm too afraid to even meet somebody because I just, it's not that because of the pandemic, but it's because I'm a, I guess maybe I'm afraid of losing another person. Yeah, that can happen too. I've known, I've known individuals that are widows and they're afraid to get into another dating relationship because they don't want to have to experience that pain or that loss of marrying a partner again. But you know, and it's crazy because I can go and I can talk about D over 30 years ago, but I don't really know how D is now. But I know back then, D used to say this saying, and before I meet that, she'd be like, damn, I'm good. And I looked at it as he was talking, and it would get on my nerves. But I didn't realize that he was overcompensating. I didn't realize his own stuff he was dealing with. But I would always say, damn, I'm good. I'd be like, you sucker. You know? <laughs> so what? The, the next has to do with oversensitivity. Everyone reacts to their emotions differently, and they really do. Now, imaginative emotions that feel comfortable for one person may be completely horrifying for another. Now, oversensitive individuals also experience what they call as flooding. And flooding makes it difficult to respond to emotions logically. And additionally, oversensitive individuals find it difficult to They find it difficult to balance it. When individuals are overly sensitive. Now, Michelle, you know you overly sensitive. You're very sensitive. Yep. So by being overly sensitive, and then and you're talking about somebody with affection, that's where the rejection and the fear can kind of bump heads with one another. Right. And, and some would say the other reason. Other reasons also is because I have my kids, mm-hmm. and I'm so protective of them, but then the other hand, I found at my age, most people don't want to stay. But I, my experience has been that most people don't want to, they want me to leave my kids with a nanny, you know, mm-hmm. so I can go out and enjoy life with them, which is fine, yeah. but I, I can't just turn around and suddenly turn my back on them. 
I, that's not how I was. I mean, it's balance. That's not how it's I balance. It's valid. Part of what you're seeing is like starting over and dating. And I've heard other older men say they don't want to start over with a woman with children or a woman with grandkids that they're really close to because they had a point in their life to where they want things to themselves or they right. want the attention. You know, my mother used to say once a man, twice a child. But the problem is you don't want to ignore your children to try to be in a relationship and now you got a nanny and your kids are spending more time with the nanny than they are with you. But then you also want to make sure that the person you bring into your life brings you that balance as well as the balance for your children too. Now, right. So that's exactly you, what that's exactly what happened happened and, and the one guy the guy said to me, I really like you a lot, but I don't think there's enough room for me. That just wow. told me, you know what, there's no way to balance. Well, but then you've got to find out where that person is coming from, too. If that person got some abandonment issues, some childhood trauma, some maybe has step-parent issues, that's when you got to talk and you got to let that person know. Because, see, we do what we want to do when we want to do it. People say the same right. thing about me as far as work. They'll be like, well, Jeanette, you work too much. Jeanette, you don't never have time for so that. Yes, I do. Jeanette will make time. If it's something Jeanette wants to do, girl, I will shut it down to go do it. So right. we do what we want to do, we want to do it. But the thing is, we don't want to be manipulated or controlled or to, because there are some parents that totally neglected their children for another man, I mean, for another person. That's not fair to that child, nor to you. But you got to know what you're dealing with, too, because you got to have that balance. Another thing, um, Michelle, is anger. Some individuals don't mind making others aware of their anger, and others are very good at hiding their anger because they don't want to deal with the root cause of the anger. It's often good to withdraw when your anger can lead to irrational behaviors and unkind words. So sometimes individuals get angry and they withdraw affection from another person because they know if they say something, it's not going to be nice. But you've got to use emotional maturity. You can be going around calling people names and talking about individuals, and the withdrawal was a tool to calm down and think rationally, and now you can approach the situation with a clear mind. Now, if that's the case and you withdrawing because, you know what, I need a timeout, I need a break, I see we're not going anywhere, that's fine. But just to be angry and take it out on anybody, mm-mm, that's not cool. Now, this one, Michelle, is huge. Now, if you want to call in on the show, you can give us a call at 516-387-1914, because I want to hear what you have to say when it comes to withholding affection. Michelle, the desire to be pursued. Now, Mr. D hung up. And when I used to say, ooh, he would drive me nuts about, damn, I'm good. You know, I used to be like, really? <laughs> so some individuals, with this particular type of withdrawal, it can be detrimental to your relationship because it's rooted in selfishness sometimes. Uh-oh, now he calling me back. <laughs> right. Okay. Now, when the act of withdrawal is immediately shadowed by a desperate act to get attention, that's not cool when individuals are withholding affection and they're making the other person pay for it or they're trying to make the other person prove that they deserve your affection. Mr. D, I know know you're that. People do stuff like that. That is so childish and, and, and it just... Those are just games. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Dean, what about that? There's a lot of men 
and uh, and there's probably men and women that both do it. But a lot of times mm-hmm. I see on a dating site, the women, men will say, I don't have time for games from you women who want this or want that. Well, you know what? They don't think, you know what? There's men that do that too. Yeah. Yeah. Dee, what do you think about that when individuals withhold affection because of the desire to be pursued, meaning I'm a hold back because I want to see if they're going to chase me or if they're going to show that they want me. What do you, what do you think about that? Because men as well as women do that. I think that's more of a individualized thing because sometimes you pursue one of them because you actually your chemistry are good. I think there's a lot of barriers in it. Now, when I was younger, I thought it was just the chase or uh, a big thing, capturing the kill of it, capturing the uh, prey of it. But, uh, I don't, as I got older, it's not so much of a challenge, taking it as a challenge or whatnot. I just kind of different to the individual now. Correct. And you know what? And you do see that sometimes when people are younger. But you know what? These some people still do that when they're older too. They, if like you, like you, you gotta earn their affection, or you gotta, right? If you don't get out of here, <laughs> you don't get out of here. And then, as but, we know, and, and most of the times when I'm uh, running individuals like that, their affection to me is, is more shallow because it's, it's it's more of a give and take thing. It's not really business, but in, in an aspect, it's kind of like a business for them instead of mm-hmm. its true inner emotions involved. Correct, correct. I want to give you some symptoms of how you know when you start seeing this withdrawal of affection, depression, agitation, emotional overreaction or numbness, sleeping problems, sensitivity to stress, lack of motivation, and rapid mood changes. Those are just some of the signs and symptoms that you, you will see. And it's really good to try to go get some help, go talk to somebody, Seek counseling, whether it's couple counseling or if it's counseling just for you to try to help you be able to um, do better. Now, I told the listeners that I was going to give them some information about ways to increase the relationship. But, Michelle, what do you think you want the listeners to know before transitioning to get information in regards to ways of increasing or to increase the relationship? Uh, you broke up. I couldn't hear that. You know what? I don't know if the microphone. I'm into so many different microphones. It's ridiculous. My question was, is there anything you want the listeners to know before I transition into ways to increase affection in your relationship? No, I just think that you have to be open and communicate and honest, and you have to agree to disagree, and not everybody, you're not going to agree on everything. I mean... You know, I mean, you got to, I don't know, you know, watch your standards, I, I, I guess, but you don't want to have low standards, you don't want to have too high of standards, you got to try to, and I think talking to someone, and I do talk to someone, even though she says I don't really need to, I say, oh, yes, I do, because I need once a week to blow off my, whatever I need to blow off, okay? So, um, that's what I tell her. So, I say, you know what, because then I can talk about whatever, because she's an indifferent person, right? 
So, uh-huh. I mean, she's not my friend. Oh, well, she's not, I mean, she could be like a friend. Because I look at people like, you know, I've made friends with therapists. And, you know, I'll still talk to them. Like, I, you know me, I just, I'm pretty open. But now I'm trying to watch how I say things. But sometimes right. it doesn't, I'm still, I still make my mistakes. And, you know, but see, this is the thing, though, Michelle. In a in a therapeutic relationship, there's boundaries, and in a therapeutic relationship, there's certain things you may be calling and letting off steam, but then they got to figure out: is this reportable, unreportable? Is it imminent? Is it a danger? Is it a threat? Is it? So now they got to use their clinical judgment and skills just to make sure that they're not doing the client no harm. You know, so that's where it becomes a problem. But it's okay to vent. It's okay to blow off things. It's okay because you got to get it out so that you're not holding it in because it comes out as something else. Do anything else right. you want the listeners to know before I go into ways of increasing your affection in your relationship? I would say the most important thing like with all relationships, whether it's business or personal, is to make sure you keep the lines of communication open. And as long as you can keep communication going, I believe all problems can eventually be handled. Mm-hmm. Now, in regards to ways of increasing your relationship, and this article was written by someroothproject.com, and they talk about we're starting together, and they do what's called a marital enrichment program. And they did this article last year in July, and it talks about ways to increase. It says, how does your relationship hit a rut? Do you feel that you and your partner are just not as affectionate anymore? And you're not alone because this is happening to a lot of individuals. Because sometimes individuals, they've been together for so long, they got to try something new. I was listening to somebody the other day, and they were talking about, oh, I went to UPS to pick up my pole. And I'm like, yo, pole. Yeah, we had to try something new in a relationship. I said for my 55th birthday, Michelle, I wanted to have a, a pole party, but because of COVID, but I don't know if I can get my big butt around a pole, but I'm going to have a pole party next year. So, But the thing is, they're trying something new, and you want to try something new in order to increase your uh, affection. But these are some tips that they give to increase affection in your relationship. Talk it out. You gotta be willing to talk to your partner, not talk at your partner, but talk to your partner. Communication is one of the most direct ways to address issues in your relationship. And use I statements. I don't blame another person for how you feel. Your feelings are valid, but you gotta make sure that you let them know what's going on. Don't nag. A lot of times, what happens is individuals get so used to people nagging and saying I'm communicating. But this may seem opposite to communication, but it's not. So you don't want to get in a common cycle of nagging and all of that. Another one is both the good. Positive and uplifting to build upon positive in your relationship. What's working? Do more of what's working, and then what you feel is not working, let them know how that feels for you, and work on you. A lot of times when we talk about withholding affection, if your partner is having difficult showing you affection, reflect on the reasons that might be causing this for you. You know, 
Get rid of them big, them, what they call them, them granny panties, or, you know, and he walking around smelling like, you know, two-faced or whatever the case may be. You know, work on you. Don't just, well, you just got to accept me the way I am. No. Take care of yourself. Self-care is very important. You know, I I would walk around on the weekends with my sweatpants on or T-shirts on, and people were like, no, put some makeup on, do something. And I didn't realize that maybe people wanted a little bit more. But work on you and don't get offended. Know what the person's like. Also, have date nights. One of the ways to increase the affection in your relationship is have date nights. It may seem obvious, but you know, Michelle, a lot of times people stop dating one another. And know the difference between initiating sex, intimacy, and affection. Now, a lot of times individuals just, when they talk about, well, if we have more sex, no, my phone ain't ringing, I don't even know my number. They, they view it wrong, but know the difference between intimacy, sex, and affection, and seek professional help. Do not be afraid to go to a third party to talk it out. Any questions, anything you want to say, Dee, before we end the show? No, uh, uh, I would like to say is, can you do a show on COVID vaccinations? <laughs> okay, we'll we'll talk about that next Monday. I'll need to find I'd somebody. Like, I'd like to talk about that because everybody, you know, this could all get vaccinated. Which one works? Which one doesn't? Then it's going to be every six months, and then you still got to get tested when you get on the airplane. Well, what's the point? So that's what I well, want to know. Is, I want everybody to I, I will try to find some people that's in the medical field. I would like to know people's view and opinion and not just their arrogance and their ignorance because that is a hot topic right, right now. And it's a hot topic, but I can't just, I can only say what I believe and what I hear and see because that becomes. I'm the same way. I'm the same way. But And all the medical people I talk to basically say that you need to get it. But I think that's because they're supposed to say it. You know what? You're right. And then some people in the medical field, they was a hospital. I was just hearing on the news that they were talking about they got to get vaccinated or get fired, and they pissed off, and they trying to sue. They're like, why? We got to get fired if we don't want to get vaccinated. It depends on each person. And I've known clients, I've had clients that have have been vaccinated and still call COVID. So thank you very much. Because everybody's telling, people are telling me that doesn't happen, and I said, Yes, it does. No, it happens. And why do you think I don't want to get it? So I like to have it. I know it'll be a hot topic. Well, you know what? We can talk about that next Monday because, you know what, Tisha brought something up to my attention. I brought up, I said, well, Tisha, you know, are you going to get right or vaccinated? And I was hearing with her the information. They were talking about the inflammation around the heart or the inflammation in in a lot of males. Well, where did you get that information from? I said from CNN. And then I went to a news article and I was showing her it's not something that I just thought of. So... It's, it's so much, but this is the thing, this is what it boils down to, Michelle. A lot of times, telling the truth can initiate fear. And some individuals don't know how to say, I really don't know. Being a professional doesn't mean you have to know everything. And that's what we're running into a lot of problems, and people are backtracking, they're hiding stuff. Don't lie. 
That's the thing that gets me. Just tell the truth. And let individuals make an informed decision. Because things are opening back up. People are scattering around like roaches all over the place. I'm not playing with COVID. It ain't went nowhere. So, and people say, I've heard people say, well, it's just as common as the flu now. I don't even want the flu. <laughs> but we'll talk right. about that next week. I'll put it out there. Okay? Okay. All right. Anything you want to say, Dan? Right, I got a one. I enjoy so, the show, and I will tell everyone, always keep communication open, keep God's first. Thank you. Okay, well, again, today's topic, withholding affection, if you know you're doing it and you're being malicious, stop it. Don't try to control a person, and even your children, they need love. They need to be understood. They need to be heard. And you're teaching your children how to engage in relationships based on the way you're presenting it and what they see. And if, if you're doing it and it's happening to you, tell that person how it makes you feel. If they are willing to do something about it, then that's the person that cares. If that person says that's just who I am, you got to deal with it, and you know you don't like it, move on. It ain't worth it. Again, thank you for joining me. It's a predicament. I don't know what I'm talking about tomorrow. But remember, you got this. Bye-bye. Talk to you guys later. Bye-bye. Okay, bye.